Today on Shut the Front Door, we are joined by the fabulous Carol Annette, Interiors Editor at Country and Townhouse. Carol has been immersed in the world of fabric and interiors for over 20 years and previously worked at Condé Nast. She is also host of the House Guest Podcast, where she chats to people behind the houses, hotels, and showrooms from around the world. Noted in the industry as having a keen eye for beauty and detail, Carol relishes in the creativity of people in their homes. We are so excited to chat to her today about her established career and personal taste when it comes to all things interiors. Welcome, Carol, to Shut the Front Door. How are you? Uh, thanks, Arlene. That's abs- I'm very, very well. Um, I hope I can. Um, <laughs> I hope I can live up to that that rather glowing um, introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think it was somebody else you're talking about. <laughs> Not at all. I remember chatting with you uh, and doing my first ever podcast back. I think it was December 2019. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, um, we did it at Chelsea Harbour, didn't we? In the in your new was that when you had the new showroom? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and no, I, remember I remember being very well. nervous because I'd never done one before, and you made it all so easy. <laughs> well, that's what's I think that's what's so nice about the podcast because it's just a chat. It's not like putting a camera in somebody's face and and sort yes. of you know you, when when sometimes people can be a bit like a rabbit in the headlights. I know that that you know that would happen to me if I was stuck in front of a camera. But the lovely thing about a podcast is that you it's conversation, you're just chatting. Yeah, I love that too. And you're less self-conscious. You're kind of just focusing on the questions being asked rather than uh where you're sitting or yeah, uh, all those silly things that probably come into your head, you know, if you've got a camera in front of you. Exactly, exactly. So, Carol, I would love to chat with you, if I can, about your first memories of home. Can you share a little of those memories with me, please? Yeah, well, I grew up in Leamington Spa in Warwickshire, and um, we had a lovely house, actually, which my dad always, um, he... <laughs> He always reminisces and sort of says, uh, oh, I should never have sold that house, should never have sold that house. You know, it's always it's always those things in hindsight. Um, but it was a it was a lovely house and it backed onto had a little stream and a weeping willow in the garden and it backed onto the local cricket club. Okay. Um, which is because my dad was a cricketer. Mm. Um and he he uh, he played professional cricket, but I, but for me, I don't remember the sort of big grounds and stuff. I just remember the little ground at the bottom of the garden, and it actually it's still kind of part of our lives now because my brother is kind of groundsman there and stuff, and um, we often have um, I don't know big occasions there. We had my dad's 80th birthday there, and um, we all went and had a drink there after my mum's funeral. And I don't know, it's just kind of played a, played a big part in our lives, um, and. But the thing I remember about the house is a a big squishy sofa in front of the telly that was covered in a William Morris fabric, kind of faded, faded green um, leaves. And I think that that kind of William Morris look has always, you know, I've always kind of been drawn to it. Um, that that beautiful, the beautiful big sweeping um, ferns and things. It's always, I think, and I think it's probably a kind of just reminiscent of childhood. Um, and I, and for some reason, I remember um, a big lamp, a big standard lamp, with kind of a silk shade, which had heavy fringing on it. And every time you, you know, we were kind of playing hide and seek or something, you'd always, you, if you hid behind the sofa, you'd always kind of rattle the fringing, and it would on the lampshade, and it would give you give you 
give yourself away, give away your hiding place. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, your own home is so beautiful. I, oh, I mean, thank you. My goodness. So I, I know that you really genuinely love all things interiors. You're definitely passionate about it. Well, I think it's, um, I mean, that's what I love about, um, you know, having worked on House and Garden magazine for many years, and I'm now with Country and Townhouse, which is a, um, a much more of a lifestyle magazine where mm-hmm. um, where interiors is kind of part of the whole offering with health and beauty and fashion and theatre and culture and food and travel and all the rest of it. And, and actually, I think that's the way that interiors fits into your life. You know, there are, there are very few few people where it's it's just um it's interiors or your whole life it's kind of part of what we are about and and everybody you know everybody has an i everybody has an idea of how they want to live um it's kind of that sort of doll's house thing isn't it but you yes. know creating your little creating your perfect space um and i uh I remember when my when my daughter was little and her grandfather gave her a little um, doll's house. And I used to just um, spend hours with her enjoying kind of making little, um, you know, pasting things on the walls and making um, little cups and saucers out of plasticine and all that kind of thing. It's kind of there's a sort of I think, you know, there's a homemaker um, certainly inside me and I'm and I think maybe in quite a lot of us. Yes. And what is your absolute favourite childhood memory of your home growing up? Mm, probably just sitting around the kitchen table, being a family. We used to have a, um, in fact, we still have the kitchen table. It had a monk's bench beside it. And I and I don't know why they're called monk's bench. You could sort of flip down the lid and it, and it became the kitchen table. And then you could sort of flip it up and sit on it. And it had a, um, a seat which you lift, you lift up and you could put things inside the seat. Um, and actually, I don't know. Have, do you know the word? Do you know monk's bench? Is it kind no. of something? No, I don't. Yeah, and I'm not sure whether it's just something that we used to call a monk's bench or whether there is actually, um, <laughs> you know, something that, that, that is meaningful. I, I should have looked it up really before this, but um, yes. it's still – it it still kind of plays a part in uh we have a little house on the um in the Witterings in Chichester by the sea and the bench is still there. Um and I think it just just being a family and sitting around sitting around the table. Um yeah. you know, just good good times. Good times, exactly. And they're important little pieces of furniture to cherish and take care of, you know, because they tell their own story really, don't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Um after my mother passed away it's it's um you know it's it's memories isn't it furniture yeah. is very is um has a lot of memories locked locked inside mm. i know it's like a scent you know every time you smell that scent it brings you back to that time so it's like looking at that monk's bench will always remind you yeah of really yeah. important memories in your life and your childhood memories and what posters did you have on your teenage bedroom walls if any Oh, always Rod Stewart. Oh, really? That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, always, always. And then there's um, all the kind of the, the supermodels, you know, the Linda Evangelista and Christy yep. Turlington. Yeah, um, all, all that kind of ilk, those those amazing Vogue pictures when they were all on the front. Yeah. Um, 
just gorgeous. Absolutely I know, beautiful. and they really were supermodels. I don't yeah. know. It just felt like they were just different back then. I don't know why, but yeah, and it was kind of the the first time that really supermodels had had made names for themselves prior to that it was kind of just the modeling industry rather than and you didn't really have the the you know okay you had your twiggies and your Cheryl Teagues and stuff but it was it was unusual for 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 you to know the actual characters the people the personalities um and they really shone through that's so true there was Naomi there was uh Claudine I think uh Linda uh Cindy yeah. yeah, Helena. I think Christensen was another one. She was part of that tribe. Yeah, and it's quite weird looking at um, Cindy Crawford's daughter now. I mean, she's like a mirror image, practically, isn't God, she? God, she's so so stunning, isn't she? Yeah. My gosh, she is a mirror image. Yeah, she must be so proud of her, though. Yeah, wonderful. It's an interesting industry to go into. It's a tough business. Very, very tough. Very tough. Yes, I, I um. I had a very, very short modeling career when I was about 20, but I was completely useless because I hated being in front of the camera. <laughs> oh, no. That's yeah. such a pity, though. Gosh. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't, a, um, it wasn't a highlight of my, uh, <laughs> of my career, but I lived in, it, it. I grew up, I tell you, I, I lived in... Um, Paris for a year and then I went mm. to live in Barcelona for six months Fab. Um, and you really do you know you're kind of really thrown into this um, this world and you kind of it it you know it to you have to market yourself as a commodity um, and it's very very difficult when you're um, very young and naive as I was and living in a foreign country um, wanting to be uh, you know just trying to be something which I just didn't feel it was just, you know, it was, it felt very alien to me I know. Um, and it felt a very, very, very long way away from the supermodels of the, on the cover of Vogue. I know, but it was good that you, you, you tested the waters because it kind of brought you closer to where you really, you know, needed yeah, I to guess, be. It, and actually it was interesting because, you know, when I started um, having to do shoots and things, when I, one of the first magazine I worked on Mirabella magazine, um, I worked in the beauty department and, I would uh, be sent on shoots to kind of oversee what was going on. Um, but it, but you kind of, you know, you, I mean, oversee, all I knew really was you, you sit quietly in the corner and don't, you know, you never kind of go up to the photographer and suggest that he maybe want to, you know, change the lighting or do things in a different way. You're there to kind of go and, you know, just make sure people turn up on time and, and um, boil the kettle every now and then. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's rather than kind of interfere and just, you know, make sure you've got the Polaroid. It was all about, always about getting the Polaroid and you take it back to the office or you take it back, you know, and everyone wants to see the Polaroid to see what you've been up to. Wow. Different times and completely to what it is now. Everything is so fast. Yeah, it's crazy, now. isn't it? And also we don't do any, sh- I mean, I don't do any shooting with um, with country and townhouse um, because we're a, we're a, we're a small team and the the budget goes on quite rightly goes on our front covers and on the on the uh fashion shoots yeah. which are absolutely beautiful we have mm. a fantastic team um led by nicole smallwood and lucy cleland the editor um but but also you know you don't necessarily need to shoot interiors these days because all the all 
you wonderful interior designers, um, get your projects professionally shot anyway, because you have to, because you're feeding the beast, you're feeding Instagram, you're feeding the website. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of, you know, it's wonderful. I get sent the most lovely projects to flick through, um, which is, you know, the part of the job that I love because I'm very, very nosy. I like seeing inside people's houses. <laughs> And do you think, uh, just on that note, that um, like digital has just totally taken over from, you know, hard copy, glossy magazines? Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's like the, it's like vinyl, you know, I think there will always be, there'll always be a place for, uh, Cam, you know the camera being used in a traditional way but it's very exciting what can be done um you know what what can be done digitally i was at the new smallbone showroom in knightsbridge the other day and they have the biggest samsung screen um that i mean it, it, it's it's kind of it's almost the size of a bus and the what? the um gosh the the pics the image definition is absolutely incredible Really? Absolutely incredible, yeah. Yeah. Quite extraordinary. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm old fashioned. I, I like the hard copy magazine. I do yeah. like looking at big screens and all oh, that for too. Sure. Oh for sure. And I think also there's a there's a um that it's a bit like the kind of slow food movement. It's a it's a slow read. When you sit down with a magazine, it's a very different experience than sitting down with a mm. with an iPad or a phone where you're flicking endlessly. You know, you don't really sit and concentrate on on images like you like you do when they're in a magazine. That's and so I think true. also, you know, I'm a great one for pulling out um I've actually just moved house and I'm so starting on embarking on a new um project of doing up the house. And I pull things out of the magazine. That's what you have to do. It's you know, I have to it's like I I have a paper diary. I can't bear not being able to um sort of rub things out with a pencil. Always the same one, always a Smithson, week on a page. I love yep. it. Absolutely love it. Um Every year I say to myself, oh, I'm not going to spend that money again. Not, It's ridiculous. And then every year I do because I use it every day. You know, yeah. it's literally with me every day. I write in longhand in the back or I use up all the pages mm-hmm. um, and I can I can see what I'm doing. And I think, uh, you know, for me, uh, I'm, a, I'm a great one for picking something up. It's tactile. I want to, I want to see the magazine on my coffee table. I want to enjoy it. Yes, I know. I know. And I like to collect them as well. I don't know. It's just a thing. I I, I guess I'm just, we're, we're from a different era, probably, you know, Carol, where we just appreciate that. But, you know, it's for me, definitely getting a magazine, looking at it, as you say, you really relish it. You know, you spend more time pouring yourself over, you know, an article and looking at the beautiful pictures. And I would definitely always appreciate how much time would have gone into some of those beautiful shots. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all about the light. It's all about the composition. Everything is perfect. You know, I really get that. Yeah. No, how it's hard I mean, it is to get that shot. Yeah. And if you've ever been on a on a shoot, I mean, it can be the, the most boring place ever. Because <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and particularly, you know, people with, the, uh, with those sort of um, the, the eye for styling, you know, it's funny, people, I, I am not an interior designer and I, I have to emphasize that. I... I am not, you know, the idea of giving me a, a blank canvas or a um, or a kind of a, a white space to to 
to decorate, it literally sort of makes me go sort of slightly sweaty and breathless <laughs> thinking about it. I doubt that. Because, no, because what I what I can do is look at an image and know whether I like it or not, know whether it's right for the magazine, know you know know that it's going to be the right thing. But but actually styling a house or styling a shoot um, or creating these wonderful vignettes, you know, when you go to bathroom showrooms like CP Hart or something, they have all these wonderful, inspiring little room sets. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just, is utterly terrifying. And I remember um, Gabby Deeming, the lovely decorations um, director I worked with for many years in House and Garden magazine. Um, and she used to sit and, and draw or, um, or paint, you know, at all the... Um, all the features that she did, she would draw, um, hand draw and colour um, before she went on the shoot to give the photographer um, and anyone else working on the shoot an, an absolute image of how she wanted it to look and where everything was going to be placed and where the plant pot was going to be placed or whether there was a picture on the wall. And they were absolutely beautiful. And I think it's the same with kind of, um, you know, the the traditional drawings people like interior designers like um tim gosling who will you know provide drawings for their clients um and or or even providing a book you know i just think there's something so lovely about handing over a book to a client at the end of a project and saying you know this is your house it's a bit like like that kind of sort of this is your life isn't it this is what this is what we did we started with a blank sheet of paper and this is what we've come up with and there's something so personal i mean i i take my hat off to to you and other interior designers because i think it's very it's very courageous going into somebody's house and saying i can make this work for you you know i can create a lifestyle and a home that's going to suit that's going to suit you and you're going to love it you know to me that's utterly terrifying it is it, it can be and it's a you know it's a big responsibility yeah. To get it right for them. And then, you know, once you sign off on the concept, then to execute it is a whole different story as well. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the there's the front story and then there's the real backstory, you know, like it, you know, it can be 70% project management to any given project, you know, and then 30% is on the lovely stuff at the beginning, you know, where you're. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're I, I think um, when I, when I had um, the my house previously, um, where I've, we've just sold, um, we used an interior designer called um, Emma Sims Hilditch, and I'd got to know her over the years. I and love her. She's wonderful, isn't she? And it was mm-hmm. very much, you know, it was an English country house style. It was very much um, her kind of um, genre of what she was very good at. And and also, you know, I got on very well with her. And I, I always say to people, if you're looking for an interior designer, I mean, yes, okay, you look at their body of work. Um, but also, you need to be able to get on with that person. You know, that's that's a really key part of who you choose to work with is that you you like them as a person and that they like you because yeah. you're going to be getting into some very personal conversations about how you live about how you you know how you bath how you what you know how you what you what I know. you, what you very, do first thing in the morning personal. you know when you're you're mm. getting into people's walk-in wardrobes and mm. how they they fold their you know their smalls and where they store their socks and mm. you know it, it, it's you you create quite a personal relationship with your clients 
working with Emma was a, a massive learning curve for me because actually what you realize is that um, the bones of being uh, an interior designer actually you know, 90% of it is really the the kind of functional, the measuring, the space planning. Um, you know, it's it's really kind of just the last, um, you know, the the last kind of 10% is the, the sort of frilly, the, the frilly bit, the fabrics and the, uh, the bit that people often kind of associate with being an interior designer is actually the fun bit is a tiny, tiny <laughs> proportion. You know, it, it's kind of how high do you want your skirting board? Where do you put the, um, the doorknob on a door you know do you want the door to open left or right in or out how far you know how do you stop the door clashing into the window behind it it it's it's incredibly it's so many things we take for granted that um that you know when you realize and I think what the biggest thing that I learned um with Emma was scale and proportion and and she she pushed she pushed us um to have you know, not just, okay, you choose a, a light fitting. We actually had um, two in- incredible Vaughan, I, I call them cow's udders. I, I, I don't know what the technical, <laughs> but I mean, they look like enormous cow's udders. Great, big, beautiful arc um, hand, uh, I mean, I think they were mouth, mouth, you know, mouth blown. I mean, they're enormous. Yes. Um, great, big, beautiful hanging chandeliers over the kitchen island. And, you know, if I'd gone into Vaughan and chosen those lamps, I would have gone for something half the size. I would never have put in um, something quite as enormous. I, I just wouldn't have been brave enough. But that's what created the wow factor. You know, and, the, and choosing the, we had a a beautiful leaf chandelier in the front hallway. Um, and again, it was enormous. It was it was oversized, and it was it was magnificent, and it really suited the space. and And I know that had I chosen chosen it on my own, I would have gone for something, you know, a third of the size, and it just would have looked diddly. Yes. So she pushed um, you. She, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. needed that push. Absolutely. And um, and I think the other thing was the the difference that lighting can make. Mm. Um, you know, realizing that really it's the you know, it's okay going out to choose a paint color or saying you love citrine or pink or whatever, but you have to understand how the light is going to make that color look and which, which, and also the way that your house is facing, you know, if you, if you're choosing that color in daylight and then you're going to put it on a North wall, it's going to, it's not going to look the same color. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, so, it's science, really. It's it's really interesting. No, I I know, and um, I guess people don't realize all that you bring to the table when you're coming into a project like that. Yeah, all the things that need to be considered to get it just right. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, it made me, it gave me a whole new appreciation of what you guys do. I have to say. And so, when did your uh, own passion for interiors begin exactly? Mm, I guess really probably when I, um, when I first moved into my own home, um, which actually the, was the, um, the date my daughter's about to turn 30 and I moved, um, you know, as most people do right at the last minute, I actually went into hospital to give birth the day that we moved into the house, <laughs> leaving it a little late, but anyway, and I, and I think when you move into your own home, that's kind of, um, you sort of realize what, 
what it is that you like and don't like and and what you want to live with um and i remember kind of going to choose a new kitchen and and just thinking about the way the uh, it was a very long thin kitchen and we wanted uh we had all the handles going the same way and and we had a floating shelf um which of course you know i was so super pr- super proud of um just having just kind of come up coming up with the idea um, of having a, a, a shelf with no kind of visible means of support. And it's yes. just kind of n- noticing things. I think, you you know, when you start to put your own house together, it makes you notice things about, um, you know, just things that you like and how things, are, how things work and having um, – we had particularly um, large stone the, – the, the size of the stone tiles on the floor we wanted particularly – big you know and just kind of things like that that when you walk into the house you might not have noticed but um but for me they they you know there are little things that really make a big difference or can make a difference if you get them right yes i know and what does good design mean to you like in 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 a nutshell how would you Uh, it has to be functional it has to be functional yeah there's no point in in having something um really beautiful that's either untouchable or it just you know it just doesn't work i know i know it must it must work it can't just be something that's lovely to look at it can be some it needs to be something that is functional and that you can live with yeah yeah Yeah. and i think um you know particularly kitchens that whole kind of you know the kitchen triangle and you know you need to have your the fridge and the oven and the, and the bin and the this and the that and the, the uh, kitchen I, I I'm kind of uh, I have a bit of a sort of love-hate relationship with with very high-tech kitchens because I don't know some sometimes you can have all the gadgets in the world and and really all you're using the kitchen for is to make a cup of tea and cook a slice of toast you know it, it you need there's no point in having all these all these kind of super high-tech stuff if you're not going to use it you know the the um i have a great friend of mine who insisted on having an arger and a steam oven and a this and a that and of course she's never even opened a steam oven i don't think she even knows that <laughs> works you know and it's all it's all very well falling in love with all these things but you really you know a good design or a good designer or a good kitchen designer is only going to lead you to things that you're actually going to use that's so true that's so true and again, this is all down to the brief and getting and understanding everything from the very, very start before you start working on a project. It's it's really important to get all these details right. Yeah. And being realistic, you know, being realistic about about how you actually live, not kind of thinking, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, I, I want to put a gym in because I'm going to, you know, I've got my resolution, my New Year's resolution is going to be to run 10 miles a day or whatever. You know, I mean, we've all been there. We've all done it. It's just, it's not going to happen. You know, yeah. don't put a gym in your house if you're not going to use it. Get Buy some walking shoes and a dog and exactly. know, that's much more likely to get you out the door. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, that's so true. That's so true. And it's really actually, I, I did work on a gym with a client once and, it, and they were absolutely certain that they wanted a gym in their home. But it was really only until later they realized that they did not, they would not use it if it was at home. It was yeah. an afterthought, unfortunately, for them. Yeah. And they felt that they were more disciplined when they had to go to a gym. Uh, absolutely. So, absolutely. I'm exactly the same. I yeah. I have to have somebody. Um, I go and work out with a, 
I have a neighbor, a lovely South African lady called Belinda, who, um, and we train outside. I can't bear going inside. I have to be outside. It doesn't matter. And um, she shouts at me for an hour and we run around and it's it's blessed. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I need some of that action myself, actually. I love it. I love it. And Carol, I loved following your collection with the wonderful design house. Celine, your Smith & Nora collection. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, So, yeah, I'm working with a lady called Noor Charchafchi. Yes, um, I love her. she, She is she literally is like a whirlwind and nor is one of those people who she is always always coming up with ideas and at the beginning of lockdown she was um we did a little um online thing called design platform and uh she would either whatsapp me or call me every day with ideas um you know let's why don't we do this why don't we do this hey carol you know how about doing this and and um and then eventually one of her ideas, she called me up. She said, you know, why don't we have a fabric collection? We ought to start, you know, we ought to have a fabric collection. We ought to be doing something for the industry. You know, it's such a dreadful time. We have such amazing walls and mills and in this country and and we need to support them. We need to champion them. Um, And that was really kind of how it started because it kind of, she, I suddenly kind of thought, actually you, you nor you have hit on something that, um, that I'm, that I'm quite passionate about and um, that would be also fun. I and mean, there's no point in doing something that's not fun. Um, so we have curated a collection of pure wools and linens, some Irish linen, uh, and put it together in a collection um, under the brand Smith & Nor. Wow. Yeah, I loved it. I was so I was so interested to see you getting, you know, behind and involved something like that. I thought that was a very <laughs> cool move for you. I was like, wow. Well, watch this space. Yeah. Well, it's um it's like everything. If you kind of look too hard into it or, you know, sometimes it's easy easier not to do things and um you know, when you kind of look at things it, it looked too hard into it you kind of you might talk yourself out of it but working with somebody like nor you just get on and do it and and you know and it's and it's wonderful and that's been a learning curve too you know it's been learning all about wool and how what an incredible fiber it is and how it it it's naturally fire retardant it keeps you warm it keeps you cool yeah. it's um you know, it, it's it's an extraordinary um, material, and we have the most fantastic mills in the UK. And you know, we've got the blinking Italians coming and buying some of our mills now. And it it's 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 you know, we need to appreciate what we've got, and um, and it's really important that that we know how. You know, some of these mills are hundreds of years old, and they're they're still being. Um, you know, still being used. And it's, uh, it's a wonderful part of our heritage. You know, you talk about the industrial revolution with coal and steel, you think of coal and steel, and actually cotton was a massive part of that. Cotton mm-hmm. and fibers and, and walls. And it's, you know, it's part of our, it's part of our history. Can I ask you, can I bring you back to when you first started your career in journalism? Did you have a mentor yourself? I worked with an amazing lady called Leslie Kenton, um, and she's no longer around, but she she used to be the beauty director on Harps and Queen magazine, and she was there for um, about eighteen years. And when I started, um, 
So my first foray into um, the world of magazines was when I I um, entered the Vogue writing competition. I think Vogue still has a writing competition and photography competition they do every year. Um, I mean, it's it's been running for um, well. Crikey, it's over over 30 years now. And um, so I entered this competition and six of us who got to the final went and had lunch at Vogue House. And I always remember sitting, uh, you know, feeling very, very, uh, you know, going to Vogue, going to Conan Asseld was like sort of going to the Mount Olympus. You know, it was just, um, mm. it was kind of the, the, the most exotic and amazing place I could possibly go. And I went off to... Um, Marks and Spencers and bought myself a new uh, suit. I had a green suit, very kind of Joan Collins, eight big shoulder pads and gold buttons. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thought I looked like the bee's knees. And um, anyway, that was what kind of what got me um, excited about journalism and gave me the confidence to then um, oh. to apply for other jobs. And I, um, I went to my interview with Leslie and she was the most extraordinary woman. She was so ahead of her time. She'd read, written a book um, called Raw Food, and it was all about how we we need to eat more locally and seasonally, and not cook the, not cook so much. You know, to eat food in its natural form. Um, she had four children by four different men, and I think the last child was sort of born in her organic vegetable garden, kind of you know with the under a howling moon. I mean, she was the most extraordinary person, but she was absolutely um, wonderful to work with because she there was she wouldn't ever say, um, oh, you know, you're only the assistant, you can't come to this or you can't come to that. She involved me in everything, absolutely everything. And we just used to, um, I used to do the most wonderful trips um, with the perfume houses and um you know, when Chanel was doing that, was um, bringing out their new colours for the season, we'd get taken to Paris and staying oh. somewhere amazing. And uh, it was it was a wonderful time. And she was very, very generous, not only with her knowledge, but also um, just with, with everything that we did. We did everything as a team. Yeah. Wow. What a wonderful mentor and teacher for you. Yeah. No, she was lovely. She was really lovely. And what is your most... Like of all the properties you've fe- you've ever featured, which would be your favorite property you've covered in a publication to date? Oh, I think it has to be um, Chatsworth House, mm. the Duke of the Duke of Devonshire. Um, yeah. They, he and his wife, um, they have the most extraordinary eye. He has mixed such modern taste in you know in a in a property of of that of that age with with all that kind of history surrounding it you know he he's kind of he has a lot of um edmund deval um ceramics and things like this and just all sorts of kind of stuff that you wouldn't think would go together and yet it's just so carefully juxtaposed with the with the kind of historical bones of the building um you know rugs with quite bold patterns underneath ancient bits of furniture it's just it's absolutely genius absolutely genius wow 
Fabulous. And uh, who is the most interesting guest you've ever had on your podcast? <laughs> well, other than yourself, obviously. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, that's a really difficult one because, mm. you know, there's pe- you, you, you find out the most – There's you always find a little nugget about people that you didn't know. You know, um, I remember Tim Gosling saying that he, you know, his uh, when he was young growing up, they always used to go to nudist colonies on holiday, and that's where he learned to draw, and he always draw the nude form. Um, and that and that was what was that portfolio of um, of basically life drawings, which got him into art school. Um, and then somebody like uh, Martin Lawrence Bullard, um, who's done houses for the Kardashians and for um, Cher and people like that. You yeah. know, I mean, he's a, a wonderful storyteller, you know, telling me stories about how uh, Cher wanted um, people to be, she, to be able to come and watch her bathe, um, you know, because it, all her rooms were like a, a, a theatre set for her, like a stage. Oh, wow. And so he created this bathroom which had a sort of gauze that came down from the ceiling and surrounded the bath. And then it had sort of seating benches around so that she could have conversations with people while she was, um, you know, soaping her leg provocatively or whatever she does in the bath. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, and it's just fascinating, you know, just hearing kind of how people live and down to, you know, yeah. Nina Campbell, who was one of the, one of the very, the very first um, uh, people that I interviewed, um, you know, saying that, well, you know, of course you're going to have a dog on your bed and of course you, your guests are going to have a dog on the bed. So you have, you go and you buy old, um, old Spanish tablecloths and because they're very easy to throw in the washing machine and they look beautiful and you can, um, you know, you can make sure that you put them in, in the wash after every visit because she said, I can't stand kind of, you know, old quilts and counterpanes. She said, you know, you're never quite sure what's, um, what's, you know, how long they've kind of been sitting around. God, interesting. And I'd say Martin uh, was quite uh, the storyteller. I mean, he's just such a big character, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's he's wonderful, and he and he's quite naughty as well. I think I like people yes. who have a bit of a twinkle yes. in their eye, and um, you know, it's it's you have to have fun with it. You know, we're very lucky. We 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 are we we work in a very very um, in a you know, wonderful world of interiors and it, and it's filled with extraordinary people who are very generous. You know, it's, it, it's, you know, I haven't really worked in the fashion industry other than, um, you know, my very kind of short lived modeling career, but it just, I, for me, it just doesn't, it didn't have the same thing feel. I think people are very generous when it comes to the world of design and decoration. Um, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and very, um, happy to share share ideas and um and to help each other Mm -hmm. and here's a question for you is is going green and being more sustainable something you think about more often absolutely 100 percent. yeah and very much as far as the magazine's concerned as well um we've just um published our um um, um, supplement called GBB Zero, which uh, ha, which was um, published to coincide with the COP26 summit, and it's 26 um, features features with 26 of the biggest uh, names in the luxury industry, from Bentley to Burberry, about um, what they are, 
how they are trying to uh, to be more to be greener and more sustainable. And that it's it's extraordinary reading actually because it's very very honest. You know, a lot of these companies are not are not there yet, and it's it's about realizing none of us are really there yet, and what we're going to do about it. Yes, 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 exactly. Carol, did you find Brexit a challenging transition for you personally? Uh, a surprising one. I mean, I I wasn't. Uh, I never thought that we would uh, we'd actually leave. I I, re- I think um, I think it was a big shock to a lot of people that um, that we that we were <laughs> we we kind of lost part of our family, um, and you know when. Uh, I was traveling the other day and you, you know, normally you kind of, you go through the passport and you file down your little, you know, EU corridor and suddenly it's like, well, hang on a minute. We're not, (laughs) we're not part of it anymore. Um, So, so, I mean, it hasn't really been, um, it hasn't really made a big difference um, to to me other than I know, you know, it's been difficult for people working, um, you know, when it comes to supplies and that kind of thing. Um, it's just made made things made things a little trickier. Yeah, and it's definitely made business trickier, and I, I mm. definitely think it's challenged you know the the industry on a whole. Really, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been challenging, yeah. but I think hopefully we're going to come out of it okay. Yeah, 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 and you know we have to embrace change, we have to accept change, and you have to look forward positively. And in all of your travels, which architect or designer has inspired you the most? Oh, I think it has to be Frank Gehry. Um, oh. Oh, well, I kind of, or maybe um, it's difficult, or Zaha Hadid. I mean, she, oh, wow. the most extraordinary, extraordinary. Um, She's I mean, amazing. She's I, really I partic- Particularly the... Um, I think the the um, aqua centre that she did for the uh, on the London Olympic Park, mm. um, you know, like a kind of uh, a big skate fish with his with his kind of wings out, uh, you know, just just extraordinary, absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and uh, what is she like? Um, I never met Zaha actually. Uh, I I. Um, I kind of admired her from admired admired her from uh, from afar, um, yeah. but I think also you know growing up in in that you know as an Iraq as an Iraqi woman you know it was quite it was um, mm-hmm. that the challenges that she had to overcome for um, sure extraordinary like her work is actually incredible I saw some of the, her work in New York and I was just like amazed. Uh, at it it's just very unique it's yeah. very her and yeah. yeah there's definitely she, a Zaha stamp isn't there yeah totally like you would kind of almost guess which buildings are hers yeah <laughs> she's incredible <laughs> and what part of your whole day today working process do you love the most oh just meeting people yeah getting out there and um and meeting new people and seeing their seeing their creativity um, yeah. You know, whether it's interior designers or cross people or, you know, it's just people who are passionate about what they do. Yes. You know, that's, it's, that's what's exciting. Mm-hmm. 
And and how did the whole uh, concept for your podcast, the house guest, come about? How did that begin? We we were just chatting. We were chatting in the office, and you know that's what's so exciting about being um, with a magazine like Country and Townhouse is that they, um, you know, it's a really we're, we're because we're such a, a small. Um, a, a small company, you know, we can react to things and um, kind of when you come up with ideas, you you just get on and do them. You know, it's kind of like, we'll go off and do it. I often, I often think, you know, it's funny being at Condé Nast, I often think Condé Nast is like a sort of big steamship kind of, you know, with all the, the sort of levels of all, all your different decks or your kind of levels of uh, hierarchy and bureaucracy that you had to go through which and it yes. was a it was a wonderful wonderful place to work um but change is very slow very very slow whereas at country and townhouse we're like a sort of nippy little um catamaran that can kind of zoom around and and be a bit more um flexible and 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 that's exciting and it, and it allows you to come up with um with ideas and we were we were chatting about um, Lucy, the editor, used to have a, a podcast about a sort of what's on podcast. Um, and she had decided it had kind of wasn't really um, that wasn't really what's right for the magazine. Um, and we we just sort of said, well, ha- hang on, why don't we why don't we think about doing an interiors one? And that, and that was it. And the next week I just went and did it. Oh, my goodness. Um, and kind of started off with um, – with people that I knew very well. Yes. Um, bless him, Martin, Martin Hulbert. I, I think he was my first victim um, <laughs> because I knew that we could just kind of can it if it didn't work. And then yeah. lovely Nina, Nina Campbell, who's just um, charm, charming and divine and, and always says yes to everything. And, um, you know, and, it, and that was it. It was just, it was just a chat and it, we just got on with it. Wow. It's amazing. It's done so well for you. Oh, thank you. Thank and, you. And do you carefully select the designers that you interview or do they come to you or how does that process work? Uh, it's a bit of both really. Um, yeah, a bit of both. But also yeah. if I if I find that I'm kind of chatting with somebody or you get an email and it's kind of a, you know, so-and-so is doing this or so-and-so is doing that and then, you know, I pick up the phone and we have a, and we have a conversation and, and also just trying to, um, you know, I'm, I'm, just interested in people and interested in what they're up to and there's there's always a, a story I mean I was um chatting with um Deborah uh Deborah Bass um of or oh, sorry Deborah Bass of Bass Interiors or it's Deborah Bass of but yeah yes <laughs> she's a bass and a bass and um and we were chatting and she was saying how she had um started doing a psychology mm-hmm. um you know, I mean, then that's quite unusual. Somebody who's an interior designer who's also you know, bringing up three children, and doing a, um, doing a, studying psychology. But she said it, it was extraordinary about how it had kind of given her a different, um, mm. different way of thinking about her her clientele, and she said it had made her more understanding of of people who come to her and say, you know, I want you to do everything. And, you know, she used to find that quite difficult to accept that, well, you know, why do you want me to do everything? You know, surely you've got some idea of how you want to live. Yes. And she said, actually, you know, you have to remember that some people have come from very different, back, difficult backgrounds where 
they either don't literally don't kind of have anything they want to hang on to, or it's the memories are too too painful, and that's why they want you to create something new for them. Oh, gosh, to create that's so true to make new memories. Yeah, that's really lovely. That's a lovely way to think about it. Really, such and a big it, responsibility, isn't it? Yeah. Enormous. Uh, yeah. Or, or then you find the other type of, of client who, who says they don't know what they want and they want you to look after everything um, because they're just nervous of really of, that their own decisions and what they like will work, you yeah. know, and that they're just, they just don't have that confidence and they, they need someone there to reassure them. Yeah. Along that, the way. That, that, that's re- that's, um, that's a really important thing to remember actually is that if it you know so much of it is about confidence and um and you know if you want to live in a in a room with black walls or pink walls or white walls or you know it it -hmm. it doesn't matter if that's what makes you happy it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of it totally agree i always think that too this is their home yeah. And we're just there to, to make what their vision of their home, you know, come true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would never think I would never be one to impose a certain look or feel or, or what I think they should do on them. I might subtly suggest something to them, but ultimately it's, it's about them. Yeah. I love that story. You told me about Trini Woodall and the Trini yeah. chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, what creating a chair for uh trini Trini. you know we still have that in our collection but like she's a powerhouse yeah so i mean uh, she's just brilliant but for her it was all about tailoring and the piping and the shape and the comfort and the height and she had such great kind of knowledge about detail yeah from her fashion background and then of course color is really important to trini as well yeah that pop of color yeah, she loves her yellows, her acid yellows. You know, that's her her signature tone. I think it's her happiest tone. It makes her happy. It's funny, you know. I I was wondering, um, I was wandering through Fennec department store the other day, and you know, just looking at, at all the makeup counters and stuff. And there were there were, you know, one or two people at um, the. Laura Mercier or Mac or whatever and I walked over to the Trini counter it was full it was like six or seven you know and it and it's I don't know what it is about she has really very very cleverly um I think it's I think it's the personality she puts behind it she's very honest about what she does she's very honest about the the issues that with with her own skin and I think that's what comes across and you kind of um you know, it's very relatable. Oh, I absolutely love her. I love her. I follow her myself. I just think exactly, you know, no nonsense approach to everything. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you feel like you can trust her. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's, um, you know, that, that's absolutely the right word is trust. Yeah. There's something about her that you just know she's got this. She's done it all. She's, she's experimented with everything you can possibly imagine good, bad, or indifferent. She's been there. She's done that. She's bought the t-shirt and you're like, you're, you feel like you're just getting the edited version of what to do and not to do. Um, (laughs) and it's, she adds all that humor to it as well, which just makes it so easy, you know? So I love her. I love her. So what's your favorite design style? How would you describe your style in a nutshell? Oh, 
Arlene, that's so hard. <laughs> that is so hard because I'm a, you know, that this this is my problem. This is my problem I now have with doing my own project. Um, is that I I I fall in love with every, every with something every day. You know, whether it's a a plain sort of piece of tailored tailoring fabric with a little herringbone in it, or you know, and tomorrow it'll be some sort of completely over the top, heavily embroidered, rich coloured tapestry or whatever and I just want it all you know that's my that's my problem it's yes. just so many beautiful things um but I I think um I think you have to I think you have to be realistic with the with the house with the how with the style of the house that you're that you're buying um you know yeah. not not kind of you know either I think you you need to kind of you, you need to sit and um, you know feel live in a house first and kind of feel how you're going to use it and how you're going to how you're going to be and I, I think for me it's always going to come back to um, to that kind of um, English country look yes um, because that's where you know that's where I live I live in the countryside and and I just feel. You know, I feel comfortable around those gentle colors of nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, calming takes you away from your hectic lifestyle. It's just a <laughs> well, but we're also, you know, we're very, very lucky. Um, you know, when you go to all these um, wonderful places or wonderful hotels, or you maybe you get invited to to somewhere crazy like Annabelle's or you know and and to go and enjoy the, those kind of spaces you know what what Martin Brunitsky did with, with you know to create a new Annabelle's and to have the same kind oh. of buzz about it as the old Annabelle's was, Who was designed Annabelle's? who's the designer of Annabelle's that yeah it's Martin Brunitsky oh my uh, goodness and I mean it's it's just so incredibly over the top and you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> really possibly is. live like that i mean it would send you dotty um you it's know but to go and and enjoy those kind of spaces um yeah. i've just been to a place in uh, in italy called uh, rescue castello di rescue mm. um and the family that um at, that own the estate he's called count benedict bolzo oh my and gosh and they've only just um they've only just renovated the hotel so you could buy uh you could go and stay in one of the villas on the on the estate mm -hmm. and now you can go and stay in the castle and there are 36 rooms and he has uh he's an architect and he also um sells uh, he designs furniture um which he sells on uh, first dibs and artemis but it was just one of the most beautiful places i've ever been My everything it, it was it was that kind of simple luxury if that kind mm. of makes any sense um you know beautiful um hunks of Carrara marble in the bathroom. Wow. Um, he's used lot, a lot of um, copper and sort of antiqued bronze, um, kind of in keeping with the colours of the castle walls and terracotta floors and that kind of thing, beautiful. and beautiful four-poster beds with kind of brass detailing. Um, really, really sumptuous and beautiful kind of cashmeres and wools, but in very, oh, very gosh. muted colours. So inspiring. But of course, now that you know, I want my house to look like that now. 
<laughs> I'm just I not sure how it's going to translate. I think you're describing what you want now for yourself. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. tell me about your own home. So, um, or I suppose your new home, or where where yeah. do you see yourself? I don't know if I yeah. should speak in the in the in the current or in the future. Your, yeah, your no, I'm, I, so this house is, uh, it's actually um, an old stables. So, uh, although at the moment it doesn't have many original features. So I'm kind of looking to put some of the, some of the features back in, probably put, put back a few, a few beams and get some kind of, uh, get a bit more wood in there. I was in a, sitting in a restaurant yesterday and I looked at, looked above above my head and it had a sort of raw oak paneling on the ceiling. Mm. Um, and it was actually very, um, it was quite a smart restaurant, but it had a kind of, and it had a kind of coat, made it sort of feel quite cozy. Yes. Um, and I'm thinking about floor coverings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about my kitchen, whether I'm going to have an island or whether I'm going to have um, a sort of, I mean, it's quite an old building, so I might kind of go for that sort of, um, you know, the kind of plain English design look, which is very um, sort of simple Georgian with a with a pantry and maybe a, um, nice. a flagstone, flagstone floors and a, um, a big workbench, um, that like a sort of big old kitchen table, but with deep, with deep drawers so that I can get some pans and stuff in there. Lovely. Uh, I mean, there's so many, so many things to think about. You'll need um, to get your monk's bench in there. I do need to get my monk's bench there. You're quite right. Yeah. Sounds great. So yeah. what is your morning ritual, Carol? What happens when you wake up in the morning? Chat me through that. Um, I'm usually woken up by the dog barking um, because he wants his <laughs> breakfast. So Eddie the Labrador, he definitely, he's he's like an alarm clock. It was, um, you know, when the clocks change, it's very difficult trying to tell a Labrador that actually he needs to stay in bed for an extra hour. <laughs> oh, God, the poor baby. Uh, so, yeah, go downstairs, make my cup of tea, give Eddie his um, food. George the Lurcher, he's a bit older now, so he, he takes a bit longer to um, kind of get himself up warm his old bones and get oh, himself up to I come and have his breakfast mm-hmm. um and then we sit so i sit with the dogs and have a cup of tea uh and then it's usually kind of share and change and and kind of whiz out the door really if i'm if it's a day when i'm at home then i stick my run my um kind of running kit on although i have to say i don't do much running um and go yes. off stomping. There's so many beautiful walks near where I am. So we we'll go off stomping with the dogs um, early. I like going early when there's not too many people around. Um, and you usually see the same kind of people. We've, uh, we have get, get a lot of bird watchers around where we are and people who also kind of like to go out early with the dogs. Nice. Um, then it's home for coffee. Got to have a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of getting on with the day, really opening, either getting the train to London or sometimes I drive to London. Um, and it, there's usually, um, you know, I'm very fortunate in that there's a lot of socializing when it comes to interiors. You know, you're either seeing um, PR companies um, going to going to look at, um, at maybe a new um new fabrics being launched or somebody wants to show you their new furniture or lighting or you know there's always something going on so exciting yeah Mm. it's wonderful absolutely wonderful i'm very very lucky um you are 
It's very exciting, definitely. And how does social media fit into your life? Oh my goodness! It's the it's the beast that needs uh, constant. It's it's always got its mouth open. Um, I try oh. and be. I try and feed my Instagram account every every couple of days, um, and. And and obviously there's the country and townhouse. We have a fantastic team that work on the country and townhouse Instagram and website as well. Um, and really just, um, you know, things that I see or, um, again, it's just, it's during the day, you know, whether I know to have a, a, I think yesterday I posted something from Oak. I went to Oka Lighting, O-C-H-R-E, based in Pimlico. I know them. And they're absolutely wonderful. Um, yes. Beautiful, beautiful I, I, pieces. I've ordered some of their pieces, yeah. Lovely. Uh, and they've just um, come up with a new rug collection. Oh. Um, and so I was in their showroom yesterday morning um, just chatting about that. And what's really fascinating about the rugs is um, they've, they're made in, in India, but what they've done is they've mixed the textures. Um, so, for example, that she had a beautiful kind of mustardy um, rug in a grape uh, um, it, that looked like it had three different shades of mustard. But actually what they'd done was they'd used three different um, fibers. So they had a, a, jute, a jute fiber, um, a wool and a silk, and then they put it in the dye. And because the, the fibers have different textures, it, it had taken on the dye in different ways. Interesting. So, it, so the one big square rug looked like it actually had three bands of slightly varying color because of the way they'd woven it. Um, really, wow. really beautiful. And it's just clever, you know, yeah. people are clever. They are. Are they still on the Pimlico road? Am I right? Yeah. So? yeah. Yeah. It's a, I'm not sure whether they've, I mean, the showroom slightly changed. I don't know whether they kind of moved next door or something, but it's, it just seemed bigger or maybe it was Gosh. because um, there was less in there or they'd put, they've put the rugs on the wall, but it's a wonderful area. That little That's Pimlico, really interesting. That little it's, Pimlico it's area. It's great that they're stepping out of lighting and they're trying new things. That yeah. sounds very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But they're a cool company. I, they have been around yeah. for a very, very long time. They're a fantastic company. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And, you know, and what's really, you know, what I love in this job is, is, is getting to know the people behind the brands, you know, because you have these enormous brands and you think they, they must be, you know, somebody like um, David Hunt Lighting, you know, are based in the Cotswolds and it's a really tiny team and things are, are hand finished. And, and you kind of, you know, sometimes you don't appreciate the, the, uh, you know, you see something on the shelves in, you know, in, in John Lewis or, or, or a store and it, and it's learning the, it's learning about how, how those pieces came to be. And I remember going to the, you know, a, a factory tour. I love a factory tour <laughs> you know, going to the, um, the Samuel Heath factory in Birmingham, you know, they make brassware yeah. and there are, there are, um, two guys hand polishing each piece of brassware before it goes in a box. They stand there all day, hand polishing, making, um, you know, absolutely just making sure everything is perfect before it goes in the box. You know, and it's a job they take absolute pride in. Yes. You know, and I love that about, I love that about the industry. Yes, I know. I know. And that is what they do. And they do it so well. Um, They're like Armac, you know, the way they just, they know what their niche is. And that's what they do. And they do it really well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, re- I have a, a memory. I remember when I was last with, um, when I last popped into Oak, I, I popped across the road to uh, David Lindley's. Oh yeah. Um, showroom, which is incredible. Have you ever, have you ever p- done a podcast with him? I have done a podcast with David. Yes, I have. Um, and he, he was very, um, very oh. charming and, um, you know, and fascinating really. It's, uh, you know, I think, um, he was sitting in, actually we were in the Christie's office. We were, we, we, uh, in St. James's, I went and interviewed him there in his office where he has the most beautiful portrait of his mother, Princess Margaret on the wall. Mm. Um, I'm not going to be able to remember the artist, um, but it was the, you know, as you would expect, it was a, um, it was a beautiful, beautiful office and with his kind of, you know, one of, one of his kind of signature Lindley marquetry desks. Um, oh yeah. Beautiful hand polished. Yeah. Yeah. When you were Gorgeous. talking about the hand polishing with the Samuel Heat, then it reminded me of his pieces across the road in there. Yeah, Just but what? But also, what I love about Lindy is that I mean, okay, you go in and you see the incredible cocktail cabinets or console tables, which are kind of sixty thousand pounds. Yeah, but then you can buy a little wooden um, mouse doorstop or something for you know, kind of fifty pounds or something. You know, <laughs> I know, it's not... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But you need to walk out with something. Well, exactly, and also because they package it also beautifully and tie it up with ribbon and, oh, and tissue paper, and then make it look stu- yeah. Yeah, it's like no, it's, a, it's it's really really impressive. Yeah, I, I remember I saw him once uh, a couple of years ago at one of the shows in the Chelsea Design Centre, and I was just totally starstruck. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he, um, bless him, he, uh, you know, he's always, you know, it must be quite difficult when you've got uh, obviously got a famous face, um, yeah. but he, you know, he's he he'll always have a smile for everyone and, and, and yeah, he know, was super of, friendly. Yeah, absolutely, he was. Yeah, he was absolutely. I think he saw that I was starstruck and he was very nice. <laughs> he calmed me down. <laughs> um, so tell me, Carol, how is Christmas Day going to be for you and your family this year? Oh, golly gosh. Um, probably a bit chaotic, I should think, as always. You know, my kids still have stockings, even though they're 28 and she, Phoebe will be 30 by then, but they still have stockings. And um, we'll, we will get up do the stockings have a uh have a walk a walk with the dogs um and then probably um be traveling to my sister in warwickshire and have a a, a noisy crazy family lunch with with my dad who's now 87 um and and everyone cooking together um We'll open a bottle of champagne, which probably me and my kids will drink because my sister doesn't drink. Um, and it will 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 sit down until everybody's absolutely st- stuffed themselves silly, and then we'll fall asleep in front of the telly. Oh, that sounds ideal. <laughs> that sounds ideal. Yeah. Lovely. And Carol, here's a question for you: If you could invite three people to your dinner party, and they can be anyone in the world, who would they be, and why? Well, I've just uh, watched a program about the late Jackie Collins. Oh, yeah. uh, absolutely fascinating. Um, and, of course, I was brought up 
you know, with the reading Jackie Collins. So I would, I would have her, I'd have to have Rod Stewart, obviously. I'm afraid I couldn't have Penny as well. She'd have to stay at home, look after the kids. <laughs> so it would be, uh, it would be Rod and Jackie. And then, um, oh, maybe Christopher Howe, Christopher mm. Howe, um, from Howe and, uh, do you know the how London in Pimlico? He he is the most fascinating person, and he he's a designer and a workman, and he's got the most uh, extraordinary eye. And I'd like to chat a little bit uh, to Christopher and find out more about um, more about him because he um, he he whenever I'm whenever I'm uh, in the showroom or get to, uh, to see Christopher. It's always with lo- lots of other people around. So it would be quite nice to just be, um, just be the, the four of us sitting down for dinner. And, um, I'm sure he'd enjoy Rod and Jackie's company too. Wow. Gosh. And, uh, can I ask you, Carol, how would you describe yourself in five words? Oh, crikey. <laughs> That's really, Oh, golly. Um, Go on. Give it your best shot. Don't think about it. Just <sighs> shoot. Shoot from um, the hip. Well, I hope I'm kind. I think mm-hmm. kindness is um, very, very important. Yeah. Uh, a bit scatty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can definitely have my blonde moments. Um, energetic. Yes, I would agree. Um, Organized. Uh, I I'd like to say I was organized. I'm not very good at keep. I'm not very good at uh, making decisions. Indecisive. Okay. Is that one. five? That's 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 four. Okay. You, you need one more. <laughs> <laughs> so far, you're kind, scatty, energetic, uh, indecisive, positive. I love it. Always positive. Yeah. yeah. Always that's positive. A good one. And if you could just stay with me for a few minutes, I'm going to ask you what's called our quick fire round of questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Tea or coffee? Tea. Bath or shower? Bath. Text or talk? Talk. Books or digital? Books. Movies or books? Movie. (laughs) Red or white wine? (laughs) Red. City or country living? Country living. Home or abroad? Home. Summer or winter? Summer. Interior design or architecture? Interiors. Morning or night? Morning. Modern or classic? Modern. And my final question is, Jackie or Rod? (laughs) Always Rod. Always Rod. (laughs) Oh, excellent. You need to to get him on as a house guest. You need to get him on. I think he's calling your name. I'll try. Well, Carol, thank you so much for chatting with me today. And it's been an absolute pleasure catching oh, up with golly. you. It, well, it's very, very kind of you. I've never been on this side of the of the, of the <laughs> desk and it's quite, it's quite daunting. It's um, no. So it was very, very kind of you to, um, to invite me on. Um, and well, you're, you're a very interesting person and um, I love oh, chatting so. with thank you and you. learning more about you today. Thank you. Thanks, Arlene. So thank you and take care. And I hope it's not too early to wish you a very Merry Christmas. No, never. Merry and Christmas a Happy New Year. Too.
Thank you.